It breaks down to women want power, money, time, and care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no surprises there. And really within our research, we see that in three different categories. So all things compensation, mentorship, and flexibility. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenau. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B2B MX Podcast. Claudia Tarico here. I've got Kelly Lindenau right across from me. And we are actually right in the middle of the marketplace at the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange in Boston. It's been a really awesome, A, summer so far. Really busy, obviously. And the event has been just truly amazing. And we actually have one of our fabulous speakers with us today. We have Hannah Jakover, leader and coaching executive at Hype House Coaching. And if that's not enough, she is also on the board of Women in Revenue. So Hannah, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. How's it going? Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and Hype House and even what you do at Women in Revenue. Yes. Hello. And I'm so happy to be here live because I feel like it's been years since we've like seen each other yeah. live. So it's so exciting to be here. And Kelly, like we've chatted a lot too. So first of all, very happy to be here. And yes, yeah, so I am a former B2B marketing leader and spent the majority of my career agency side, really helping executives and their teams in the tech space learn how to own marketing and run demand gen and align with sales. And so all of that good stuff. But then I made a shift about two years ago into coaching, primarily just due to my own evolution and journey. And I think realizing like, hey, like I'm in the wrong career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving the right people, just not doing it in the right way. Also, I just think that like there's huge gaps in leadership development these days and seeing this generational shift of we're seeing millennial leaders come in, we're seeing Gen Z come in, and I just really want to be a part of that change. I really want to help people reclaim time, energy, and identity. So that kind of led me to create Hype House Coaching where I can work with those kinds of leaders and emerging executives and help them just like own their power and confidence and get what they want, show up the way they want, and still feel just really good and authentic doing it. And then Women in Revenue is an awesome organization, super close to my heart. And we were really just dedicated to helping women in revenue roles accelerate in their career and also do the same, like step into their power, have that confidence, show up how they want to show up. And so on the board, I help really just looking at it from the organizational perspective of how are things running? What does our strategy look like? Where do we want to focus? How do we want to message that and position that? And then I also, within that, so much, just way too much. Girl, you're so busy. <laughs> I head up the Speakers Bureau within Women in Revenue. So that is part of our programming. And yeah, let's talk about that because that's okay. like a new thing. And yes. I wrote a blog post about it on, on Demand Gen Report, but I'd love to dive into that because I love this initiative. Yeah. So the Speakers Bureau, it is a great initiative. We essentially, we want to get more women heard. We want more women on stages. Yes. 
and we just want their voices out there. And these are women who either are speaking for their organizations or they're speaking for themselves. So in whatever capacity, and it might be, I want to learn how to be a better speaker in the boardroom. I want that executive presence or I want to hold the mic and be on a stage or be on podcasts. So we have lots of different initiatives within that. We do speaker placements. We obviously had a great session here. And then we have our podcast. And then we also just try and do a lot of third party events as well as our own speaking sessions too. Very, very cool. So yeah, we'll put more information on all of that in our show notes so you guys can check it out, especially all the ladies out there. This is a very on-brand session for you that took place yesterday. It was called Top 3 Challenges for Women in Revenue Roles. And, you know, as we've all been talking about, equality is near and dear to our heart, especially all as women here. We know the inequalities. We know the gaps. So although some of the challenges might seem obvious, can you share with our listeners what some of those top challenges are? Yes. So... It breaks down to women want power, money, time, and care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No surprises there. And really within our research, we see that in three different categories. So all things compensation, mentorship, and flexibility. Awesome. And now, obviously, tons of support is needed for that. You need the buy-in. So for these women in the revenue roles, what do they value most from their employers? What can employers do to help them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more than just about like getting paid because we see that women in revenue roles, it's pretty lucrative. We, out of our survey responses, I think it was like over, we might need to cut this stat, but like a large portion of them make (laughs) over 250K annually. So it looks good from the outside. And obviously like with the economics these days, things are changing, but it looks good from the outside. So you have to dive deeper into that because the problem is, is women are still getting paid 17% less. I think that was the latest statistic for last year than men. And so we need this pay transparency. And in our report, we also saw that It was like almost, hold on, I want to get this stat right. Okay, so over 80% of the women from our report either had no idea or were positive that they were not being paid equitably compared to their male peers. You could add me to that. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. It's like, it's so, so bad. So I think pay transparency is huge. Like, we need to be paid equitably. We need that transparency. It's more than just like, hey, legally, you have to put the salary bans because we know there's so many workarounds to that. It's actually having those conversations with, hey, I need to ensure that this is actually what I'm going to be paid. And I'm going to ask you up front. I'm going to feel confident to share what I feel about that and what I want to make, what I'm worth. So I really think it's like, it's those conversations around pay transparency. And honestly, just making more room at the table, you know, like looking at your team and your leadership and like, it's not enough just to like get people in the door, you know, and I say the same about all layers of diversity, right? I obviously, as a black woman, like I want to see more black women at the executive table and it's more than just getting them in the door. It's where are they sitting in the organization for the most part, probably not in leadership seats. I think we're seeing Obviously, those stats change for women in general, but it's still terrible. It's still really, really bad. So we need more seats. We need longer tables. 
We need more chairs. <laughs> and we want the organizations to want to do this too, right? We want them to be like, listen, you know, I feel like having more seats for women at the table is extremely important to my organization. They should be able to realize that and acknowledge it themselves. So maybe after a while, we don't have to have to force ourselves to speak up so much. Yeah, I think that's a huge point. And just thinking about like, leadership style and retention strategies. I think leadership needs an overhaul, complete, needs a complete overhaul. I mean, obviously that's near and dear to my heart as a coach, but retention strategies, like if we're not having these conversations, if there's not real care there, women will leave. In our report, almost half of the respondents either thought about leaving or did leave their job in 2022. I left my job at the end of 2021. And so I'm like sort of part of that statistic mm -hmm. too. Totally. And I just think for the last three or four years, like women are not, I hope I can swear, but like we're not fucking around anymore. Like well, it's, yes. it's, you know, we're over it. I love a good <laughs> F-bomb drop. I'm from Jersey, baby. You could, you could curse all you want in here. I knew you all right. So I'm curious now. I mean, obviously we have women who are listening right now and then we have hopefully we have men listening to us as well. What can these allies do to help really elevate women in the workplace? Yeah, I had a really good conversation with one of the men that came to the session yesterday and he wanted to be a mentor. That's a great opportunity, like dual mentorship, mm -hmm. right? Like men can understand from a woman's perspective, the things that they go through, the conversations that they have to have, they can learn through that mentorship. And they also have something to offer too. You know, what strategies have they used to get what they want? What are they getting paid? And having that partnership where we can share our salaries and have that transparency and make sure that we're on the same level when we're having these conversations. So I think mentorship is huge in a way where it is not self-serving, in a way where it is, you know, it's a partnership. It is also for your own, as a man, your own like undoing and removal of patriarchy because you all participate in it, you know, you all do. And so I think that like you need to come at it from that perspective. And I think part of it too is just understanding the issues. Like what do we care about? We want to get paid. We want people to help us step into our power and share their experiences. And we want flexibility. And so I think it's really understanding what the issues we care about are so you can speak up on those issues too. Awesome. Should we switch gears? Because you are about to get on stage soon, right? Yes, I got my like leather pants on. I'm ready. She is <laughs> ready it. to go, <laughs> folks. So, all right, before we let you go and get on that stage, your session coming up is titled The Productivity Playbook, Unlocking Time Management and Prioritization Secrets. So even though we're so close to it, could you just give us a little preview, a little taste of what you're going to be chatting about? Yes. This is like one of my favorite, favorite topics. And it's a very unconventional approach, which I'm excited about. I am not conventional in any way. So, <laughs> you know, I uh, got to bring that. But essentially what I want people to do is I want people to reframe the way that they think about productivity. Because right now our current socialization has us thinking about productivity in the form of outputs, 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 outputs. Like you're always doing something for somebody else, for something else, for the sake of money, revenue, whatever. And I want to flip that and I want us to think about it as a means for our well-being. 
And so when we think about it that way, it's not only the combination of external tools that you see, like all of the time hacking, productivity mm. hacks out there, the technology, that's all great. And we can all use that. But it's also about this internal power that you already have, the way that your body works, the way that your brain works. We like barely scratch the surface on understanding those things. And they have a huge, 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 huge impact on our focus, our prioritization, our time management skills, our thinking, our cognitive functioning. So I really want to share some tips that I've learned through my own journey and research that are all scientifically backed to make sure that people have that very holistic view of productivity and they can build protocols around that, that not only take advantage of the technology, but also are working in conjunction with their body and their brain. I love that. And I'm really so looking forward to that session. And honestly, like, listen, I've, I've been building this agenda all summer, right? And I've built the agenda for our events for quite some time now. And we're very used to having those sales and marketing alignment conversations or, you know, how to get budget and, and tech and all that, that I'm excited to introduce a new type of session to our events too, because at the end of the day, this is really important, no matter what role you're in, even especially sales and marketing. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think I definitely want to throw that replay out this season on the podcast so everybody could get a taste of, of what you're going to say. So, all right, I think we're coming down to the wire here. I know you got to start getting ready for, for your session. So last question from us before we have you spin our little wheel. What is your favorite part of the event? Any big takeaways? What are you walking away with from Boston? So many good things. But I think honestly, for me, it's just like connection with people. Yeah. Like people are still the most important piece of this puzzle. It's important to be human. It's important to have connection. It's important to build relationships. We hear it in almost all of these sessions, right? And it's just, it's the core, it's the foundation. It's part of what makes us uniquely human is our ability to do that. And so to see like both of you here warms my heart to connect with so many people that are interested in women in revenue, to see my fellow board members, like that is just always hands down the best part of coming to a conference like this. Totally. Agreed. Agreed. So now before we let you go, we are going to have you spin the wheel. Love it. So go ahead and give her a nice little spin. All right. Heavy price is right situation here. <laughs> oh, I think it's 10. I think it's 10. 10. Yeah. Number 10. What is an aspect of B2B sales and marketing that you think is underrated? Oh, I mean, I always think that sales and marketing alignment is underrated. Like, and I'm not just talking about the idea of it, mm -hmm. like not just the concept of it, because a lot of leaders will just talk about like, we need to align teams, like no shit. Yeah. Um, it is the, <laughs> what are you actually doing to do that? Like, what is the process? What, how are you including technology in that? What are the actual things that you're doing in terms of service level agreements and accountability and building that into your technology. How do those integrations work? So that whole function, I think, is completely underrated. I think that marketing operations owns a lot of that, but I really do think that we need more marketers to own and understand that, as well as on the sales side, because it just helps it helps the wheel turn really easily. It helps people understand Literally, like, why turn yes, the wheel. <laughs> you know, there we go. It helps people understand why we do what we do. And it makes the, I don't know, it makes the friction go away. Totally. Absolutely. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. We have yeah, some fun questions on yeah, here. I want, so I want a fun one. I want one of those. Yeah. I love it. 
oh, I got to spin it. <laughs> <laughs> I could just randomly pick too. Close my eyes and point. <laughs> Number two. It's not fun, but it's kind of heartwarming. What is your proudest achievement? Oh, you know, I think it is being a mom. That's probably like Aww. cop out answer. Give us a different one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. It's really, really hard. I have a five-year-old. And, oh my gosh, he has so much energy. He's just like me. He's very eccentric and loud and exuberant and a lot of energy. And so it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of who he's become. I'm proud of who I've become. I'm proud of the partnership I've built with my husband. And yeah, I would say that that's probably it. That's awesome. And you should totally also be proud to have all of this work on your plate and then still be such a fantastic mom and an awesome role model for him. Thank you. Yeah, he's known to pop into uh, a few Zoom calls here and there. I love that. I love that. I love that. (laughs) All right. So unfortunately, we have to let Hannah go. She has to get on stage to her session. But thank you again so much for taking the time to join us today. We super appreciate it. And we always love having you here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And to our listeners, thank you all again so much for tuning in. You know the drill by now. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on wherever you get your podcasts. And also make sure to connect with us on social media to stay in the loop. That's a wrap from the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. So we'll chat next week. All right. Bye, everyone.